welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I will be your host for the sunniest day of the year so far. It's hot, hot, hot and scorching. And I wish I had myself some ice cream or maybe some clotted ice cream. I feel like heading off to Cornwall. Take a kind of walk down the street, never guess. Just go and bump into Mr. Ed Harrison on the way. Hello, Ed. Hello, <laughs> Ed. You found me. <laughs> I tried after, hiding down here and can't escape you. After all this time. After all this time, I've been down in Cornwall for two weeks and you've already found me. I've got, Gonna you've come a, back. Give I me that you, put a tr- you put a tracker on me, didn't you, last time we spoke? Give me that clotted cream, ice cream you can. Oh, it's so good. I'll tell you what, you can try and hide from me. You can change the name of your game company. <laughs> yeah, you well, can run, but you can't hide. It in small print, except from except from Richard. <laughs> How you doing? You good? Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm very good. You know, yeah. down here in sunny Cornwall, it's been non-stop sun since I arrived. So uh, I'm loving it. I'm. Having, I'm. I'm very chilled, very mellow. Oh yeah. Have you? Have you? Um, have you partaken in facial hair? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Have the, you got the, a beard going on? The beard's always been going on, but it's less tidy these days, and no one's judging, so I just let it grow. And yeah, do you occasionally, do you occasionally put beards in it, like beads in it, and stuff like that, decorate it up? Are you um, I do put beard baubles in it at festive times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for God, they hurt. So all you do is pull one out, and it just plucks a few of those mustache hairs. Uh, and, that's just not. That's just not good at all. Um. For a bit of history, because everybody's going to be going, but well, they're just talking away like, you know, they've been talking for the last five minutes. What's going on here? Um, <laughs> about almost a year ago, me and Ed, Ed Harrison, had a conversation about a game called Everdark, which was, um, yeah, which was a thing about rotating boards and concentric circles and whole types of fun. And we had a good chat and we had a good laugh. And then... Um, life's happened as it always does, and now Ed, Ed is well. Ed isn't back because I am actually st- standing in his doorway with a microphone. Get out! <laughs> Let me put some clothes on. <laughs> it's hot. I mean, it's Scottish. I'm in Cornwall. Of course, I'm just going to be going around in my pants and try to get a tan. <laughs> um, but um, there's been uh, there's been adventure games. Ed Venture Games has. Is here. Oh, Walrus, I love puns. Walrus Games has googoogooed its way out of the building, and uh, we're going to talk about Everdark. We're going to catch up with Ed. We're going to find out what he's been up to with Everdark and what you can expect from Everdark, and remind everybody what a fantastically potentially wonderful game <laughs> it is, and it's going to be. Um, I guess. I should say, for people that haven't listened to us before, thank you very much for joining us, because you could be doing so many other things. There are so many other wonderful outside indoory type things you could be doing, and so we appreciate if you're listening along for the first time or for the 175th time. Um, the reason that we do this is quite simply there, you know, there's quite simply, there's not enough podcasts out there about board games. Um, we are part of the, the the trio of Scottishness, which is ourselves, the Unlucky Frog, 
and also the Giant Brain podcast. I say we're in a network. They've told me if I go near them again, they're going to set the dogs <laughs> on me. It's a slight difference of opinion, but we're hoping it's going to change into something better with us at the head of it all. But, you know, you can dream. Another reason that we do this is because um, me and Ed have been talking on and off for the last year. And um, as we said, it's time to revisit what he's been up to and uh, kind of take it from there and introduce people who haven't listened to it before because we do have a a fair smattering of people in the good old Americas. So howdy Ooh. to everybody out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, to find out a little bit about yourself. Um can I come inside now, or do we have to do this whole thing outside, standing on your doorstep? <sighs> Grab a seat. Thank you. And I'll crack open a beer. Could have a lemonade. Uh, yeah, sure. Probably for the healthy, healthier okay. reasons. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I can't, I can't even afford beer anymore anyway. <laughs> you got not got ice then? No. Uh, we got ice. We got ice. <laughs> Thank you. Here's your good health. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. So. Um, we set the way back clock to a year ago, yeah. and Everdark is kind of there and kind of um, was looking like it was going to be, there's some very, very nice things said about it, um, Andy at Polyhedron Collider and Steve at Polyhedron Collider had a shot of it and liked kind of what they played. Um, you put it on, you kind of put it on hold for a bit, I mean was there... Were you wanting to work on it more? Was it just kind of you put everything to one side? I mean, what kind of... Did... Uh, it was a bit of both. Um, I did put it on hold for personal reasons. Uh, I just I needed some edge time. Um, you know, I took some time off because I'd spent so long working on it uh, and other areas of ed life needed focus and attention. So I, I did take some time off for that. But also... Um, I actually sent a copy off with Andy last day at Games Expo uh, to review. Uh, he sat down and he played it and he said some very interesting things. Uh, I think that was my, my first proper real review. And, yeah. you know, and I read what he said and, you know, it was great that he enjoyed it, but there was a few things that he found were a little, um, he wanted to see change, I guess. I think he wasn't, you know, and he's one of my biggest uh, supporters of this game and he's been following it since the moment it came out into the first games expo in 2016 or my first anyway um so i went away and i just wanted to rework it i mean uh, we i sat down and i've been talking with another designer dan from uh, intrepid games and we put you know he was basically like interviewing me like you know trying to work out what do i want from this game and what i feel like it's achieved or what it's not achieved and I, I realized that a lot of the core concepts that i wanted in trying to tell this story and be about survival were being missed and i wanted to try and bring it back to what it used to be so a lot of it's been reworking uh, yeah it's been a lot of maths involved uh countless variations of a spreadsheet which has had numbers and equations and boring stuff and <laughs> trying to <laughs> basically make it as balanced and you know uh, and just get it to work properly um and it's, it's always worked it's just I want it to be better. And it's only now recently that I feel like it's now got to that. You know, it's now, you know, it's it's really reignited the passion I had for the game. You know, it's, you know, it's so much better than it was. I mean, 2016, it was a very rushed game. Mm. It was very unique at the time because rotating boards were, you know, I think there was a couple made back in the 80s or something, but no one had done it. So it was such a fresh idea that, you know, people 
just loved the way it looked. But actually, if they sat down and played it, they would have realized it was, you know, it was just a cover, you know. And now it's got the cover and it's got this kind of this core content behind it. It's this, these mechanics, these features that just make it so much more enjoyable to play. And it's, you know, it's been balanced, it's been worked. And yeah, uh, it can be stressful at times, you know. Uh, but it's it's come a long way in in the two years I've been working on it, which actually thinking about it isn't long at all for a one man army. <laughs> was it? Um, I mean, was it difficult to strip out the stuff that had been there for a long time? I mean, is it? Is it? I mean, how difficult is it to to take a project that you've you've you basically you're you're eating, sleeping, spending waking hours with for you to actually say. Mm, that's not working, or that's not where it is, or I need to strip it back. I mean, do you have to be really kind of self-critical in your mind when you're doing something like that? Um, yeah, I, what, what helps is having a second brain. Um, uh, and, you know, again, to the people who have sat down and helped, you know, and bounced ideas uh, to me and then off me and stuff, you know, they've been a huge part of it because you can become so focused on, on, on these mechanics you've created and you, you, you know, you think are the bee's knees and then they kind of sit there and go, yeah, it's really not, Ed. You know, maybe you should not have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they even bring up things that you never thought about. And so, there is, there was a, at the beginning some reluctance from me to take features out and stuff or to tweak things. Um, but that, that's got easier as it's gone along. In fact, you know, I was up until 4 a.m. last night and I was just, uh, redesigning, uh, one of the cards. Um, not much of a change, but, uh, you know, as in terms of the mechanic, but in terms of the visual appearance, it's changed. You know, I started from scratch just to see what it looked like. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's quite a lot of satisfaction to be had in starting, you know, starting fresh and starting something again from a completely new perspective. Um, so no, actually, I, I don't think it's, it's, once you get into the idea, you, you've got to make changes. It gets easier to do and you get more mm. willing to do it. Uh, but it's good to have people around you. Um, and, you know, people keep saying, you know, some of the companies I talk to, they say, you know, the fact that you've done so much by yourself, uh, is so admirable. Uh, and I'm jealous of them because, you know, they sit down, they have their Skype conferences across the world and they're all, you know, doing stuff and it's just like and it's just me sat there by a screen by myself in a dark room in Cornwall <laughs> uh, <laughs> clicking away occasionally swearing and uh, drowning my sorrows in well what I can afford uh, water <laughs> <laughs> drowning my sorrows in Cornish water but uh with clotted cream floats. Oh, yes. I'm looking forward to starting the, the next Devon Corn, uh, Cornwall War over scones or scones. I won't even pronounce it. Is it jam first or is it cream first? I mean, I, I think the Queen recently did uh, did it the wrong way around and the, the Cornish are upset. So uh, I'm looking forward to adding to that fun. What is it meant to be? And is there some kind of quick oh. card game in it? See, I don't care because I got celiac. So as far as I'm concerned, you could chuck all the scones out into the sea, and I'd be quite a happy person because the wheat intolerance <laughs> does not mix well with your scones or your scones or your scones or whatever the fuck <laughs> you happen to want to call them. That it's a separate argument entirely. Um, it is, you know, it's oh. the third annoying way. Do you know what I mean? Which way do you want? Jam and cream or cream and jam? So like, I don't care. You know? I, I I don't actually. It's, there's got to be a middle ground. I mean, I know if I say it one way, so it's going, someone's going to get offended and say I'm wrong. I mean, I, I think for an aesthetic, aesthetic way, I'd go cream first, then jam. And really? my, I think just because cream's a bit easier to spread onto something 
textury like a scone, uh, jam just gets slopped on top. Wow. Just, okay, I just think it depends on the jam. But if you're it, going for seedless and not. But having said that, if my uh, if my dad and my stepmom ever hear this, this interview, they will one of them will disown me on the spot because it's a Sunday argument every Sunday about fail. They will argue about it, and I love to stir <laughs> it up. Why don't right? This is the easiest way out of it. Okay. Get a scone, okay? Yeah. You put your jam on first, you put your cream on, you cut the thing in half, and then you turn one of the halves upside down. Problem solved. That could you work. Know. But like, you're not, that, you're not insinuating that you've got to make it back into a sandwich. I mean, do people make it? I thought you're supposed to have them in two halves. At that point, you've got the top half of the bottom half. Can you have it as cream and jam one half, and then jam and cream the other half, and then you've got best of both worlds. And then if anyone criticizes you, you just lob the half they don't like at them. And uh, <laughs> salt. <laughs> that means in that term, you should maybe be putting potentially um, solid or jam in there. The stuff, <laughs> you know, the stuff that when you put it with a spoon, you really need to press down hard in order to get it to spread. There's a whole entire war thing. I can see why you say that there's a potential war going on. Someone's got offended. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> no, no, neither you know, do I. But a, I've got, li- I've got, I've got to live here. What is the Cornish way? Could you imagine they're going to take you outside? They're going to drag you down the street, and then what? They're going to smother the top half of you in clotted cream. They're going to smother the bottom half of you. <laughs> in oh jam. no! Oh no! You're going to be putting a huge wicker scone. <laughs> no, you actually, you're right as well because the Cornish way is is to do it the other way round. It's jam then cream. Oh no, I failed my first Cornish test. <laughs> no. Oh no. It's okay, we could edit this bit out. No, I'm, no. I'm a man of my word, you've got to keep it in. I will live it. with the consequences. This but... is cool. There's going to be people in America going. What the hell are you uh, talking about? They spent about five minutes talking about cream and jam. <laughs> There'll be like about 50 people on Board Game Geek trying to look up, <laughs> try to look up the, sco- the Cornish Scone game. <laughs> you know what? It, it, it's got to be made, but uh, yeah. If any Americans are listening, this 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 is British problems over here. This is a this is a thing the yeah. UK has to deal with on a regular basis. Unless you're Richard, who doesn't even like scones anyway, for weeks and tolerance yeah, reasons. Even, you yeah, exactly. Just, you're obviously just getting things absolutely mixed up for no other reason than apart. I reckon you're actually trolling the people <laughs> of Cornwall, possibly because <laughs> you know fine well what it is, and you're just saying, "Well, how far can I push this?" <laughs> I love. I, love I, recently, I discovered recently that I love just pushing buttons and just having a bit of fun. And I've I've lost my filter. I just say what I feel like these days, and it's, it's so liberating. I just I just talk, and it annoys people sometimes. I'm just like, okay, doesn't but, matter. Do you know what's going to happen? Somebody's going to stick some scones in a paper bag and set fire to that paper bag. What? Leave it outside my front <laughs> door. Leave it outside your front door, and then you're going to come out and just tamper it. Oh, you're going to end up with scone. You're going to end up with scone up the door. And do you know what they'll do? <laughs> They'll not use strawberry or raspberry jam. They'll use blackcurrant jam, so it stains. Oh, God. Evil geniuses. Just give awful. Credit to the Cornish. They know what they're doing when it comes to pranks. They throw I don't, th- I don't think you could talk your way out of this. Uh, I don't uh, think you've I'm taken doomed. it too far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where we are. Welcome to the great We Are Not Bakers special <laughs> where we talk about the various different ways. You could use clotted cream. Yeah. And I mean, um, is clotted cream plentiful? 
do they have it just sitting about the streets? You can pick it up like something out of Willy Wonka chocolate factory. It runs through the sitting. streams. I mean, uh, you look at the you know, look at the window into the backs, and it's just it's clotted cream. I mean, I think they've got a problem. <laughs> I think that's why they keep trying to tub it up and oh, yeah, sell it off to us. It's like oh god, more, go go, yeah, tell the tell the rest of England. Oh yeah, it's a it's a delicacy. Yeah, you put jam on first. Have you considered including some kind of scone card within Everdark? Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, so that's not the answer you wanted. Um, I have now. Uh, I just think it would be like some kind of everlasting bread that they used in Lord of the Rings. Ooh, Lambus bread. Uh, oh, I've got an even better idea, right? And then you can <laughs> the card can be played two ways. You can have it. <laughs> you can have it facing one way, and it gives you one power. And you can turn it round 180 degrees and it gives you a different power. And one of them is the jam on top and one of them is the cream on top. But have way you going to have some angry citizens chasing you through the city. And I, I don't think, I don't think I can have that responsibility in my hands. I mean, you know, I want this game to be fun. No, about... That's just perfect. I want it to be fun. I want it to be... <laughs> There's too much stress. To about darkness taking over the world. Not the, but at the, the same jam time, and cream taking over the world. It's got to be fun oh. at the same time. We, we, we could call it. We could call it Everscon or something. Oh wow, that's it. Yeah, the, oh no. There's just an entire plethora of kind of various different baked products that you could add as expansions to this game. We could just change it <laughs> completely. Change it. I've not gone too uh, far. It's not been released. It, it, it could happen. It could. I mean, you know, you could still. <laughs> you have been talking about kind of tearing the tearing the game down and kind of starting again. Um, <laughs> You know, so I mean, this is potentially a good direction to take it in. But on a serious note, nah, not a serious yeah. note. Um, I mean, has working on the changes in Everdark has it given you ideas for other games that you're thinking about doing there? Yes. Um. So I don't know. Uh. Yeah, I went out for a beer back in York with a friend. The guy who basically got me into doing this board game and I've completely blamed my entire last two years of my life on him. Um, <laughs> so we sat down, we're drinking beers. Uh, I got this, this card game I really want to do. Um, it's, he's, he says I'm completely insane for the sheer scale behind it, but uh, so that's a future yeah. problem, but it's, it, yeah, if I ever get this game off the ground, it'd be huge. It's going to be, uh, but based off of the platform forever dark, so you've got this, uh, stage platform with these different yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, because I can't afford to do any more prototyping. What I could do is I can print off some planets, spray the whole thing black, and basically you can almost have some sort of solar system-based game with these rotating rings of a of a, of a solar system uh, okay. and some sort of space simulated game, which is one I'm quite tempted to mock up at some point. But no, I've got too many ideas. That's the problem. I mean, if you were to go onto the Adventure Games website, um, yeah, there's. Uh, there's there's like a coming soon section which I've had to resist to fill out with too much info, mostly because I've got so many ideas, and if people you know think I'm spending all my time doing that rather than Everdark, it might cheese a few people off. But yeah, I've got um three possible games in in the works already, you know, which I'd like to get focused on, along with one I want to focus on, along with expansions for Everdark. It's just you know, ugh, my brain's gonna explode. I need help. I need people to assist me. I mean, I think having Everdark as a almost like almost like a you know, it's right now it's a you controlling a person kind of strategy yeah. game. And you're moving around, but you know, having this rotating board has so many 
potential applications to it. Um, like, what if you had more like a uh, like an army-based strategy game on there? So based in the same city, but instead mm. of having individual people, you had these little clusters of troops, like guardians versus um, the the skier, which are these shadow monsters. And you can almost have like a rotating risk board, you know, in a way. I wouldn't ever copy risk; it's a bit too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know, you got you got this board that you know you got all these defenses lined up, holding this key location. But suddenly, your opponent starts twisting the board and moving your army away from the point supposed to be defending. I mean, yeah. that could be both frustrating and also quite interesting. Um, so I want to see what else I can do with this platform. Also, because you don't want to know how much I spent on the plastic platforms to get ten copies made. Uh, yeah, so I have to keep milking this for as long as I can. <laughs> hey, you got a volcano game. Uh, we get volcano game. There we go. Give us some sort of Azticky volcano name, kind of thing. You've got to get up to the top and pray or offer a sacrifice, depending on what you want to do. Sacrifice your opponents. There we go. There you go. And if and what happens? <gasps> sacrifice your scones. Don't let's let's move away. We have to step away because but the jam would make excellent lava. It would. There oh, we go. you could do marmalade. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a step oh, too far. It's, it's well, evil. It's just, no, seedless stuff, it's fine. It's the only stuff that's got seeds, which is quite, you know, or rind in it. Mm. Whoever eats marmalade with rind, it's just an awful thing. But you can get up the top, and then the if you don't get there in time, you've got the volcano erupting, and then you get little kind of red things that take up the spacers like you have in Everdark just now where the darkness takes over certain parts of it. Yeah, and as they pour down, they kind of spread out to cover more areas. Yeah. And he gets yeah blocked off by fiery death. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose we better tell people a little bit about Everdark because it's a it's a concentric ring system in that you've got different layers. So you can imagine you've got a bigger, a huge base layer, and then you've got smaller kind of layers on top which rotate, so allowed you to create paths, um, create blockages, um, create pathways and, and other such things. Um, and the idea of the game is to basically um, take over as much of the area as you can without kind of getting the darkness to kill you at the same time <laughs> help me Ed it's your game <laughs> I was just like going yeah, it's been a while it's definitely been a year since we spoke um, yes. mostly is I mean the idea is basically you're in the city that's uh, been it's called Foss and it's been banished to what's known as this realm called the Everdark um, so the gods basically sent the Greeks out there and said you're you know you guys you gone screwed up. Uh, you know, you're yeah. gonna spend eternity here, um, and it's you basically you're in the city, and as this, this darkness kind of closes in uh, on this city and starts to consume it, you've got to save as many people as you can. Um, so the game actually takes place uh, you know, after this cataclysm, uh, and um, there's what's called a lightbringer, and he keeps all the darkness out of the city, uh, but. Uh, as he comes to the end of his life, the lights start to dim and fade because you know his life energy is given out and he can't power the light. So usually they replace him with a another person, you know, the most worthy person in the city to become the next lightbringer. And everything is fine and peace reigns throughout this dark, dingy city. But yeah. in this case, in this you know, in the, this base in this game is that the lightbringer has actually uh, died unexpectedly uh, through foul play, some sort of coup. But in his death, 
instead of having this gradual dimming where you can actually go in and just replace him as normal, it's just gone. The lights are going out, and all that's you know, really keeping it is just these these fires that are around the city that are kind of keep the darkness at bay. So as the darkness starts seeping in through different weaknesses, people are trapped. Uh, they're, you know, they're, getting, they're being consumed by this darkness. So you've got to go around these locations and you've got to basically save people. Um, you know, as, you know, and uh, kind of get them to safety in your re in your sanctuary, your refuge, your little temple. Um, but you know, the reason why I took the game back uh, was because I didn't feel like there was enough hard choices. You know, when you when you got you know calamity everywhere, who do you save? And there wasn't enough of that. I felt so now mm. you you're kind of picking between do you save the soldiers, do you save the priests, or do you save the civilians? And so you're going into these situations, and each situation will have a difficulty to it. So you might go into a section and it might be really easy to save the civilians but while they'll get you some sort of uh, a civilian token which can be used to get you civilian based abilities yeah they wouldn't get you as many points to save if you went off to rescue the priests who would give you more power you know more crystals to use to basically perform better in in um, these situations so you've got to decide do you go for the points do you go for the crystals do you help the soldiers and get a mixture of both yeah. um and either way, you know, you can't save everyone. Uh, you'll, you'll rescue the few people you can. You've got to get them back to your place, um, uh, back to your temple, uh, and kind of cash them, essentially. Uh, you know, you, you store them in this, this safe place, um, and you score points. If you get intercepted by these shadow monsters that are bouncing around the board, you will lose uh, half of them. They'll either scatter into the city in panic yeah. or they'll get killed. But you, you know, you've kind of got to go and grab your points and get back out and and cash them and repeat um, and at the start of the game there aren't any monsters running around this, these rings of this board um, but as the game progresses more and more go in and they start moving around uh, you know, up and down around the city and they get faster and faster uh, until it becomes a bit of a dangerous cluster fudge of uh, just spinning rings spinning monsters and people across the table from you laughing their heads off as they start twisting this board and messing with your maze paths, um, which brings me on to the main feature of the game is this maze. Uh, yeah, because people listen to what I just said and they've got no visual concept. Basically, it's set in the city, and the city is itself is a uh, there's four ring tiers that twizzle. Uh, you got a center space, and then you have two outer rings on the outside of the city, which are essentially the crops and the fields. They're static, um, but the four inner rings they all twist and they form this like labyrinth of twisting paths which um, can be connected and reconnected in different kind of alignments to kind of access and open up new areas of the city for you. So you'll move to this location to try and complete this event but in doing so you'll move to a space and while you wait for your next turn you have every other person, every other player's actions to wait for and as they're twisting the board it's going to mess up your plans so you've got to constantly be switched on and watching these paths change and twizzle and have to re yeah, recreate these new paths to get to your new locations so yeah. you've got to be constantly watching you've got to be constantly uh, paying attention to what's happening so there's no switching off there's no pausing um, it's very it, um, full on how do you get how do you get around the kind of the potential randomness then I mean, is there ways that you can stop people from kind of making their moves or moving the rings round as la as as kind of far as you 
want them to or well everyone's limited to four actions a turn so those four actions are limited down to movement and twisting the rings now the rings have these little markers on these little lines on them that all line up uh, and one action points basically how much you can twist a ring until the lines reconnect so that stops people from yeah. going completely crazy and just spinning it like 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 nuts um um so yeah and then you got your four actions you don't have to use them all uh, you could just move one space and you can use your last three actions to screw everyone else up um, or you can just say that's my turn you know move on to the next person um, there are abilities in there which can mess with that there is one ability uh, I haven't really got a catchy name for it yet I just call it Infospin um, and basically it allows you to spin one ring as far as you want um, which is very useful but it's a one shot you know it's used up and it can only be reset once you get back to your temple to restock um, so there are ways to really manipulate the board in quite a powerful way but the majority is limited by action points you know, I don't want people to go too crazy you know, I don't want everyone to have too much fun now I mean come on <laughs> it's not a, it's, it's not about game. fun it's just serious this guys is a serious business people are dying <laughs> people are people are people are dying Ed, specifically in the whole board game thing, but I kind of get where the potential drama could could kind of come from. Yeah. Um, when you play testing it, is it? I mean, have you continued to play test it with the new changes that you've made? Have you, mm. you know, are you in a local board game group that you're taking it along? Do people are like, oh no, here comes Ed with his clotted, clotted coming and he's <laughs> ever dark, or I mean, have you have you had the ability to continue to play test the game? As you've been going, I mean, you're still kind of involved in local test groups and things like that, just to kind of, you know, I guess, check the progress that you've made. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, there was the London um, board game kind of meetup group, um, and I took I, I took it along a few times to there, um, but I made the mistake of not booking myself in. But uh, um, and that was that was that was great, you know. It was, it was good to meet people. I mean, Andrew from Yay Games, he's a, he was a regular attendance, along with uh, along with Bez, stuff like Bez. They were yeah. all there, which was uh, which was really cool. Um, uh, and yeah, I would go along, and yeah, it was good to to show it to people. Um, but uh, and yeah, and as as I mentioned, uh, I've got some friends now with a couple of companies. Um, you know the Lander crew and uh, you know, Intrepid Games and I got another friend who's working on his own game called Zombie Princess and he's oh. been helping me playtest it and um, yeah so we would, we'll sit down we'll play it I'll make some changes I'll come back and we'll play it again and we just systematically worked through it um, to yeah to kind of you know get make these changes I mean damn bless him he was uh, he went on he was on a flight to Houston uh, he took his laptop and he sat down on the plane and rather than watching an in-flight movie like most normal people would do he uh, he was actually sat there on a spreadsheet and he was going through all the maths of the game and kind of trying to create it a bit more make it, you know rework these cards mm. and from that spreadsheet is what I based all of my uh, future updates from you know I'll tweak the numbers and make sure everything kind of balanced out and so uh, yeah, I actively am make, playing the changes we are we're making. I mean, um, there's a, there's a change I'm just tweaking at the moment, nothing major. But you know, as soon as it's as soon as I got it printed, I'll do that next week. I'll be play testing it again, and uh, you know, and hopefully this is the final change or the final major change. And uh, yeah, if the games expo, people can take copies and review it, play it, criticize it, love it, hate it. Yeah. You know, whatever the community wants to do with it, you know, 
I want to be at the stage, and I hope you know, in less than a month's time, I will be, where they can, you know, it's in it's the fates in their hands. You know, if people want this game, then you know, in a month's time, they can demand it on mass. I hope, <laughs> please. <laughs> is it um, is it difficult to draw a line under things to kind of like stop? step away from it for something you've been involved in two years. I know you said like, oh well, you know, it's only it's only been two years to compare to some people. You know, Frank's Frank West I think spent three, four years maybe on City of Kings. Um mm. is it difficult you being, you know, you yourself and I as a sole kind of designer developer to to be able to say, right, no, this is it. No more tinkering Ed. Step away from the board put the cards down, put the box back on the top and stick the game kind of in the fridge to kind of let it set kind of thing. <laughs> um, if you uh, spoke to my family and a few of my friends, they would say, uh, Ed, step away from it now and stop. It is difficult um, because, you, because this is my first game. Uh, if I released something that I didn't feel was as good as it could be, you know, that's, you know, it's like my opening song, and if I if I go on and it's just rubbish, and people like boo get off stage, you know, I'm never gonna, I might never get another chance again. So I wanna. It What's to your be... opening song? <laughs> do I want to sing for you? If I think about news for you, I don't want you to. I mean, no, I mean that's. But what would you be your opening song? Well, if you ever dark, you know, ever dark is my first ever game. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's. But what song would you sing, though, Ed? What be your opening uh. song? Uh, well, I guess you know, go uh, Everlong by Foo Fighters because it sounds like Everdark. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. it's a good song. Um, yeah. yeah, why not? So I'll, I'll sing Ever Everlong to Everdark, and um, mine would yeah. be Summer Loving by Grease uh, Ooh. from Grease. Okay, that could be the background doing that. Aha. Uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I just need I just need somebody to play sing the role of Danny because I do an excellent Sandy. I'm just saying. <laughs> sure. <laughs> let's have a couple of rehearsals beforehand. We can come on no, to the let's next. Not do it. Yeah, yeah. The next episode. The next episode. We could start off with the intro of just uh, singing some. We slatting in. We've let him loose. No, I just I watched my uh, audacity levels spike, and I was like, you know what? Not having any. <laughs> I'm gonna turn it down to that. <laughs> oh, we've breached point five. I know. I know. And you know what? He was friendly, holding my hand. Um, but anyway, um, moving on. But no, as I say, it's like, you know, this is your first game, so it's an important game. Yeah. Um, with it taking, you know, a reasonable amount of time to get this, and you are talking about other games, are you put the next games that you're thinking about, are you thinking, well, they're not going to have any plastic rings in them, for goodness sake, they're not <laughs> going to be doing that again. I mean, have you looked into kind of other kind of other ideas are you toying with a card game i mean or are you going you know what big box miniatures that's where it's at that is where it's at um sadly it's not where i'm at <laughs> yeah. i i kind of broke the bank a couple of times um on everdark um so i i wanted to go for something a little bit easier to manage um which is what the next game would be i mean i mentioned before we st we started recording was I was working with Jason. Uh, he's based uh, over in America, uh, <laughs> and we just started talking um, about a year ago. On uh, uh, actually, it was over a year ago now, a year and a half ago. Uh, talking about the American election, and kind of just said, look, it almost feels like it's like a you know, it's like a playground over here, you know, where people are just throwing insults at each other. It might even make a good game, and it kind of 
neither of us said no <laughs> so we kind of went <laughs> mutually agreed let's make a game so i said hey let's collab uh and he was hell yeah up for it because i think at the time he thought i was a bit more of a big shot kind of <laughs> board game designer and uh he's come too far now to realize that i'm not um <laughs> so yeah he's he's been working pretty hard the last six months on uh on playground politics uh to the point now where he's actually got a physical prototype which he's now playing with his kids and wife who wow. bless him still 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 with him <laughs> so it can't be that bad a game um <laughs> so he, he's he's working on it um so we have got something that's you know in the in a year or so would be ready to to, to go ahead and probably start pushing play testing and building some sort of campaign so game number two if ever dark successfully launches Game number two is ready to uh, really start pushing pretty hard, and I will push it pretty hard um, because Everdark will be gone. Uh, obviously, supporting it as a natural Kickstarter should be supported. Mm-hmm. I will also be working on a, an expansion for Everdark as well, because um, you know I've got to keep you know I've got, I've got to keep up with it. Uh, there's a lot more to it. There's so much more story for it that I want to explore. So I'll have game number two. Uh, which will be a much easier, much smaller, you know, a lot of it will be standardized components because I found out that it's so much easier to prototype standardized components. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be, it'll be a smaller game. It'll be an easier game, a quicker game, less heavy, more child friendly. Um, and yeah, <laughs> no more, uh, miniatures and 3D rotating boards for a while. It's, I mean, do you, okay. Do you base a decision on an X game on the Kickstarter landscape or do you base a decision on the next game saying, you know, this is what I'm creating, this is what I'm going to do? <laughs> I base it on what I can mentally handle. <laughs> yeah. Everdark became a monster uh, in its own way that I did not expect. I turned it to the first expo in 2016. No idea of what, you know, I, I wasn't part of the community. I literally played it with my you know, games with my friends and said hey i've made this let's show it off uh and the community and the whole world was just so much more it was so much larger than i ever expected i was blown away by it so i kind of burnt myself out on everdark you know it was it turned into such a, a massive task that for the second game i want to just go for something a bit easier something i can just you know less intense but still kind of put so much passion and enjoyment into which is what playground politics will be because it's a quicker game so quicker to you know play test easier to then tweak uh and still hopefully well i say hopefully it still will be the same kind of quality expected from you know the creator of everdark <laughs> which is totally a quality game by the way uh, <laughs> no, it- i like the kind of conviction that you said that. I think it's okay i think is it, is it okay <laughs> I yeah, might, yeah, I think so. Does it got the ring things? They're quite good, right? Okay, that's fine. Does it fit in the box? Well, not if we get the expansions, it won't. Because <laughs> you have to think about that. Because if there's something that really, really boils my, um, boils the sweat off my brow, my hard-working brow at the moment is when you get Kickstarters nowadays and they give you expansions and the expansions don't fit in the box. They're baggied. No. They come in the package, here's your expansions, you go brilliant, I'll just put them in the box, they don't fit in the box. I will make space, because uh, I've already found a way to shrink a lot of the components down to uh, better sizes, so there will be space for an expansion. Um, that's future Ed's problem, but I know there will be space, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. <laughs> and future Ed's listening to this just now going, you're just a 
You're just a damn fool. Exactly. Again, before we started recording, I said I'm no longer say things I can't, you know, make promises I can't keep, like Kickstarter dates. And here I am saying there'll be room for an expansion. What an idiot. The nice thing about playground politics will be is that it's going to be based in like a, a school textbook kind of box, like a book box. So expansions oh, yeah. would actually be a, another book, like textbook two. So actually it would kind of go towards this theme of having this little library of textbooks. So the expansions would actually work in their own, you know, in their own appropriate way. So that's why it's going to be quite a nice game to, to make. It's got a load of features already based around it and expansions would be part of the aesthetic. Ever dark on the other hand would need to fit into the same box. Or face the wrath of Richard. <laughs> well, it's not just me. I mean, there's actually a Facebook group now saying, you know, put our expansions in the box, please. What were you thinking about? Do you not get the prototypes off your manufacturer before you send stuff out? Eh? It's a really, really long title, and it's really difficult to find in Facebook, but it does exist. <laughs> yeah. I'll um, put it down but... in the description of the podcast. I, I want to find it. I want to be a part of it. No, you can't. Oh. Yes, you can. Of course you can, as long as you make sure that your expansions fit in your box, that's all. And you know what? There's a whole pile of people who are creators are gonna go, Is he talking about us? Is <laughs> Probably. He talking about is he talking about us? No, I'm not talking about There's so many pet peeves for everyone. I mean I was talking to was it was it Rory on the he's a guy on the on the on the groups and he's saying he hates these, you know, annoying you know, extravagant names for these pledge goals and Kickstarter like the extreme bundle for cool people. You know, it's just like you know, it just just call it what it is—a box for two people or something, you know. Or just, <laughs> but he, he hates it, so I find it quite funny. So I'm gonna have a special Rory edition in my Kickstarter. It's gonna have some sort of stupidly long name, but yeah, yeah, just just, <laughs> just, just <laughs> anything. The new what what stretch goals that? It's the Newman Auto Microscopic Silicon Volcanic Oriosis stretch goal. The, exactly. You know what? I'm gonna write that down. It's gonna be the, that's gonna be the Richard Joey, edition. <laughs> Joey, to spell it for you, please. So it's, it's, it's I've got P- a pen, I've got a pen. Yeah, yeah. Right. P. Yeah. N. Yep. Spelling the whole thing out. You talking about? Microscope, and then it's like, and then, it's, and then they would have a little sign coming up on the TV, and it would say, two and a half minutes later. <laughs> it's S. S is that's the last letter. There you go, that's fine. So you're going to do that? Yeah. Is this Rory, 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 it's not Rory J. Summers, is it? I think it is. <laughs> oh, Rory, you have no idea. Uh, he he opened up a can of worms. We we laid into him. I think it was Kevin and I. Uh, Did you? We went what for up? it. Not laid into him, but we started teasing him. So we uh, oh. we came up with our own versions. So, yeah, I think a few Kickstarters in the, this year will have some Rory editions. <laughs> I think there'll be a few. You can see, you'll be like the next one for Simon or something like that. Maybe everybody will just. <laughs> maybe that'd be so funny if there was just an entire month of Kickstarters where they just had ridiculous signing names. Um, I was, I was playing a bit with Kickstarter because I'm interested in the process. So our our current stretch goals are named after biscuits. Oh, yeah. What about custard cream? Well, custard cream is the second one up, I think. That's all right. Bourbon? Start off, not done a bourbon, considering bourbon is a stretch goal. Oh, what about hobnob? 
Uh, Hobnob is obviously going to be the last one. Yeah, come on, it's like the superior biscuit. <laughs> superior, just keep on dunking. Keep on dunking. <laughs> dunk keep me! Come on, oh, God. dunk me! <laughs> I could take this! <laughs> anyway, no, yeah, because it was always an interesting thing. So we might actually, we're not going to, obviously we're not seriously about doing stuff, you know, because nobody's going to give us any money. <laughs> but um, I'm just interested in the process because I talked to enough people about Kickstarter. I thought, well, do you know what, I'm going to go in and actually try and create some Kickstarter pages. And do you want to know something? <laughs> it's a it's a nightmare. Mm. <laughs> it's such a horrible interface. To, I'm not, you know, obviously. My worst, but, my worst thing about it is the images. There's nowhere on that that tells you what's a good uh, resolution for the images to put down. I and mean, we had to go to external sites just to find what how big an image should be. I mean, every, there's no standardized kind of like template sizes. I mean, I'm trying to create this Kickstarter page at the moment, and it's just like. How how wide does it need to be? Is it is it is it too tall? Is it is it too wide? Is is the is resolution bad? Uh, am I wasting time? And is it a thousand uh, pixels? Do you want fifteen hundred? Exactly. I mean, what would you prefer? <laughs> I mean, that's all I asked. So to a complete novice, it is. So I didn't have to start hijacking other people's kickstarters. I spent so many times on on the big kickstarters they uh, and looking at what they'd done and um, analyzing with minute detail. Um, you know, on how they did it and trying to replicate some of their magic. I'm uh, just starting to think, you know, in the bigger Kickstarters that when they fund by several million, at least 25% of that goes to paying the graphics guy for getting the graphics done on the Kickstarter. The oh, yeah, got no idea. I mean, I, I, I love my illustrator. He's great, <laughs> but he's costing me an arm and a leg. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, there's uh, so much more work I want to get done, but it's like, you know, I'm paying out of my pocket. If the Kickstarter does particularly well, I'll be able to fund a few more pictures and finish it off. But yeah. as it is, um, I might have to stop at two more pieces and then call it quits. And go crying to the bank for a loan. <laughs> it's one no. thing I wish I'd known when I'd started this whole thing is this isn't going to be cheap. <laughs> if you want, if yeah, if you do it the way I've done it, it's not cheap. It's almost like you need a Kickstarter to do the Kickstarter. Well, that's what they do now. People do Kickstarters just to fund the next Kickstarter. <laughs> Exactly. Or they do a Kickstarter to pay for the previous Kickstarter because the first Kickstarter cost too much and they need another Kickstarter to pay for it. And it's just you get stuck in a Kickstarter chain. <laughs> it's I'm like moving uh, moving house, but without the board games. <laughs> but no, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've even seen. Okay, let's look at the most obvious person in the room, which is Isaac Childress, who friend of the show, and um, he's a nice guy when he's not trolling everybody about stuff. <laughs> but um, you know, he was like everybody's like. Second edition of Gloomhaven, Isaac, where does it come on? You're a successful Kickstarter. And he's like, well, actually, I've got to run another Kickstarter in order to make the second edition of Gloomhaven actually happen. Because, you know, the first one, kind of, yeah, there was things I needed to sort out. So I can't just, I'm not now got a wad of cash I could just throw at this Kickstarter and give you kind of what you want, which is always, which is always kind of, um, kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is the part that terrifies me about kickstarter and doing all this because you know of the fact that you know even if, if what if you run out of money you know what if you know you've over promised or you've overdone it or something or something goes wrong we're basically like well fudge i'm now out of money how do i pay for the second batch of of manufacturing so many questions of what ifs and to someone who's new to it all it's 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 a minefield of questions and having to google and talk to people and it's <laughs> it's just yeah it's it's a little scary to kind of push yourself to this into this point where you need to you know, start thinking about these things and the what ifs and the 
yeah, it's, I can see why people spend so many years setting up these games because it is just it's a minefield of mistakes and successes. Have you got? I mean, when you're thinking about the funding goal, have you got a minimum you've got to do? Because I've brought this up a couple of times about people kind of like, and I've seen them drop their funding goal, and I'm just like, how? How are you actually doing this? How are you getting this game put together for that little amount of money? And it looks like, as I say, psychology of funding. Have you got a set funding goal that you've said, right, I've got to do this, otherwise we're not going to come back and do another campaign but drop the goal kind of even further kind of thing? Um, a minimum amount. It's got to cover shipping, tax, uh, manufacturing, blah, blah, blah. Um... I've got a minimum which I would probably push it down to. I think it would be eighteen thousand. If I could get a small order done, you know, say I couldn't get a thousand units created, I had to go down to five hundred. I could possibly yeah. drop it a bit more, but I think eighteen. If unless I choose to lose the miniatures, you know, the little characters from the game, I could lose them. I could put card stands in instead, and that would drop it significantly. But without changing the current the components, I don't think I can get it much lower than eighteen thousand. Um, as a, as a, as a, as a funding goal, um, yeah, uh, and I don't want to get compromised on the quality. I mean, no, you can't. So, you can't. if it did, if it if it fails, uh, if I was to launch it and it fails, then well, <laughs> I mean, I, I I was speaking to I think I was speaking to Pegasus Spiel uh, back in 2016, and they told me to get in contact with them. I didn't. Um, I probably should have done now. Uh, but I think I could possibly find someone who would be willing to take it on uh, full on. Um, but because it is my first one, it's my it's my baby. I don't want to abandon my first child. <laughs> I, I kind of want to you know, stick with this little this little yeah. and uh, see it grow up. So I want to do it my way. But worst case scenario, if what's best for the game is that Ed has to be removed from the picture because Ed's a useless so and so, I would consider you know speaking to someone else about it, you know taking it on. But no, minimum would be eighteen. I think I don't think I can any lower, realistically, without affecting the overall aesthetics. And was I mean, is the is the social marketing side of things is that is that a daunting thing? Are you? I mean, are you more okay? Are you more daunted about pressing the go button? Or are you more daunted about getting the word out there? Because for a lot of creators, that's a that's a as difficult thing to do as pressing the go button and like make you know telling people come and come and like me and like my game. <laughs> yeah, actually, you, you actually you've, you've had a very sore spot with that. Uh, that's currently what's stressing me out. Uh, a lot of my WhatsApp messages to people recently have been. I'm I'm scared about pushing that go button because you know you look at people on Facebook and they've got 1,500 people you know liking their page. Uh, I think was it was it uh, there was a campaign recently. You might know who it was. I won't say any names, but they didn't. They had a huge following and yet they still didn't meet their stretch goal. And I have a fraction of their what they've got uh, following wise. And you know if they've not hit it and. They, I'm worried that I won't. So I'm I'm kind of holding myself back a little bit because I'm kind of waiting for this kind of dancing pony to jump out and say, look, Ed, follow me. I'll show you the way. And everyone follows it and goes, look, it's amazing. And I don't feel like I'm making enough noise. So I need the social media aspect to help. Um, but I hate social media. <laughs> it's my least favorite thing. Uh, and it means I have to basically get onto Twitter, onto Facebook and create, you know, posts that people want to engage with. But it's slow going. I mean, I've put up a... 
a trailer the other day um and i think like three people watched it um i got no response i got one retweet on twitter uh i got a couple of comments on some of the uk board game groups about this trailer uh and everyone loved liked it i watched it. everyone loves it but <laughs> it's not making any noise and i'm trying to slam this drub and shout look at me i'm special it's it is quite daunting it's a very it's 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 a difficult thing to get right and uh, if you've got like an established community brilliant but it's knowing if you haven't it's about knowing how to use those resources those tools in order to maximize it and i'm useless at doing this and i need to spend a lot more time working on how to do it it's i say it's daunting yeah yeah yeah, it's one of these things. I hear it again and no, I hear it again and again and again. And I know the campaign you're talking about, but I also know, potentially from a noise point of view, I don't know if there was enough noise. Oh. I certainly knew. I certainly knew there was enough noise at the time of the campaign, and there was certainly an impressive, kind of Facebook, kind of thing, but um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but there wasn't noise. There wasn't definitely noise, and I think it's still an issue. I think it's it's still an issue for a lot of places. There are some, there are companies that have got a crowd that are going to follow them about and are going to follow them about forever. Hmm. Frank Frank West has bust his gut building up the following he does for the City of Kings. He's now doing the City of Kings, the second reprint with the. Uh, Vidoran Gardens, yeah? Mm. And I will not have a bad word said about him because he's absolutely storming it. And do you know what? He deserves it because he's put the work oh, in. Yeah. He's fully engaged with everybody that's, you know... If if there's a poster guy for somebody who's done it the best way possible and the rightest way possible, then Frank, you know, Frank is that guy. And, you know, you look at his campaign and he's like, what is it? You know, he's got eight days to go. He's hit over... You know he's hit two hundred and he's he's hit almost three hundred thousand mm. on the campaign, and you can't say that's a fluke. That's because the guy's no, been it's twice in a row now. Bust, yeah, exactly. He's been you know, you know, um, he's been busting his gut to get this over the last couple of years and working kind of really really hard. And is it a difficult thing to create noise? Of course it is. Do I envy you having to create noise for a campaign? Of course, you know it's. Just, for me, it's kind of one of these things I've always, I don't, I don't care, you know. I I will put out any type of stuff that's kind of going about, and I'm, you know, I'm quite happy to do that. For some people, I can understand just going up to somebody and saying, "Hey, I'm I'm existing. I've got a game here. Could you, you know, could you do you want do you want to help me with this?" Is the most terrifying thing on the planet, mm. and I completely. Can I understand that, you know? It's opening yourself Frank. up to this feedback. You open yourself up to this, you know, to criticism. And no one likes being criticised. Um, and, you know, you, you put yourself out there. You put this product out there and go, please, you know, play my game like it. Uh, and they go away. And you, you just, you, in the back of your mind, you're almost, you know, worrying that uh, you're gonna, they're going to hate it. And, you know, and word gets out that it's a bad game. And then that's it. You've, you've tanked before you've even begun. And... You know, that's part of my worry. I mean, I, so I keep revising, I keep going, oh, you know, they, what if they criticise this, what if they criticise that? And because the standard of games seems to be so, you know, huge. I mean, aesthetically, the games look incredible these days. Maybe not always gameplay-wise, but, you know... Yeah, see, I've seen that. <laughs> I've, I mean, this is the old argument, is does something that is... Does something that necessarily makes lots of money, does that make it a good thing? Are we... Mm equating something that funds really well to necessarily something that is actually going to be a good end product 
at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, um, I've heard, um, I've heard, it's really funny because, I mean, going back to the polyhedron collider guys, I'm just going to come in and say that, you know, um, they, they totally jumped on Grim Forest when they reviewed it. And they said that, you know, it's a really successful game, but it's, you know, it's it's a really, really expensive game for what you get, which is a strange, which is a strange thing. But everyone else seems to have let, you know, everybody else seems to have absolutely loved it, but it did an awful lot of money. Does that make it a good game? You know, does a successful Kickstarter make it, you know, make it, make it a really, really good game that everybody should have? I think the crying shame of Kickstarter is there are going to be several games which are fantastic, which are amazing, which are game changers, which barely manage to fund, which don't reach their full potential, and therefore you're missing out on a complete gem, which is going to change the way that some people think it's going to game because they didn't have the kind of the marketing budget kind of going forward, which is an interesting concept because we're getting back into does something that funds really well or make an awful lot of money a good thing, which is a completely different kind of discussion, you know. Yeah. People could look people could look on Everdark and say, this is completely different from anything else that I've seen. I absolutely love it. And if Ed's going to be promising kind of different rule sets and expansions, then I'm all in. Then they jump on it and say you reach 30,000 or you reach 35,000 or, you know, you reach very, very comfortable. The game gets produced, but it's not enough for you to maybe do kind of like a reprint kind of thing. Yeah. But it's, you know, you've got that kind of strange thing as well. It's interesting times for both Well, I games. guess that's where the expansion for me would come in because I don't think I'm going to make six figures anywhere close to that. You know, I'll be happy with 30, 35. I mean, don't quote me on that, but, uh, you know, if I got that, I'll be, I'll be happy. I could then move on to making an expansion and maybe, and I'll be curious to see, could an expansion lead into a smaller run of the original Everdarks with the, the, uh, like a stretch goal, you know, stretch goal, sorry, pledge goal being you get a, the copy of the Everdark with the expansion. So, you know, I'm wondering if that in a way could be used to get that second run as well as the expansion out. And I could bring some life back into it because I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm going to be anywhere near the Frank Wests of this world. Um, and having an expansion will be quite a daunting follow up. You never, you never know. You never know. This is the thing. You never, never know. I well, mean, um, Mark McKinnon's launching, you know, Wreck and Ruin for the third time at the end of this month to see if it'll fund and he'll actually be able to make the game. Hmm. I've seen other games which are just re- doing ridiculous amounts of money. You know, um, was it was it Seize the, Seize the Bean? Uh, yeah, Coff- the, the, the coffee one. I saw them in Essen yeah. in 2016. Yeah, coffee game. You know, funded through the roof, smashed it. You know, and you could have never, you could have kind of never guessed that. So it's always, uh, you know, a, there's always going to. They had a cracking stand in uh, 2016's Essen. I mean, I was there and uh, they're giving out free cups of coffee, and I was there just for the coffee, but I stayed, you know, to watch people. <laughs> and, yeah, and it, they, had, they had such a really good presence at these, these events. And 2016 Ed at Games Expo had this fantastic presence. And if I wanted to launch then and there, I probably could have succeeded even with that. What was a lower quality game because there was such you know i had john from the game you know, one of the organizers of the expo he personally came over and said you know this is the one i wanted to see most this weekend you know stay in touch i forgot to stay in touch uh, i kind of burned that bridge by accident but it was huge um and then 2017's games expo i was part of the wingo games little hub uh, and i was a bit i was very buried in the middle of them uh, i felt and there was some 
problems with the marketing, which I won't go into, but last year just flopped horrendously. Uh, and I feel like a lot of my following died after that. Because after 2016's Expo, I was getting loads of retweets. I was getting loads of attention on Twitter and I was loving it. Um, and this, this year it's been, it's been non-existent. And so I'm hoping this Games Expo could be my, me banging the drum. You know, I'm going to go for a lot more presence. I've got this really nice stand in Hall 2. Um, it's a corner stand. I'm pretty close to Ian Livingstone and I'm next to the, um, Oh, the card manufacturer people called Ultra something or other. So I've got this really nice location. I'm going to have games scattered around in the playtest zone, the open play zone at the stand. So I'm going to go for maximum impact. And I'm hoping this could be, you know, this could get the following I need. But yeah, it's so much to do, so much to think about. And it's kind of hard to keep track of it all. Yeah, no, I, get, I totally understand. Totally understand. But I'm hoping that would get me a decent enough following to get a decent campaign um, that could allow me to go on to make Everdark 2.0, you know, the expansion where you have this rotating strategy game of you know of armies of Greeks versus monsters, and I don't know it could be something really unique and something pretty special, you know. But I've got to do well at the first one, so I'm hoping in three weeks' time that's what happens. Yeah. It'll be, um... And then I gotta launch. <laughs> I need to work out when to launch. I mean, I wanted to launch the expo, but people go there to spend money and, uh, uh, you know, the community, general, general feedback is don't launch the expo. My family is saying launch the expo because they want me to be done with this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Just get out of the door, Ed. Goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Do you much. want jam or cream on your scone? Uh, no, we don't care. We don't like either. And they lob it at me as I drive down the road. Uh, as, <laughs> cream first. Well, I made another Sunday argument for them. Um, yeah, so. <sighs> So do I launch? <laughs> I've not got time. Can we just have our argument now, please? Because I've got, a, I've got, I've got a place to be. So, <laughs> exactly. You know, if I could just walk in and say, I can't believe the state of that guy in the telly. Who? You know the one I'm talking about. How dare you talk about? It? And you just leave it and just walk out. There we go. My sh- work is done. Yep. Wipe your hands clean, and that's it done. And away we go. Yeah. It's fine. It's all good. Exactly. But I mean, like, uh, do I, you know, so then my argument would be, do I launch a couple of weeks after the expo because it's fresh in people's mind? But then at that point, you know, my social media following's not great, but my people seeing the game following would be great. So I've got to find when do I launch following the expo compared to my social media. I mean, if I launched the expo, people would probably back it, but. It, People, not everyone that could back it would back it because they would spend all their money on other games. So do I hold off for a while, wait for them to get ready, but then things start to quiet down. And so I've got to keep the heat on. I've got to keep, you know, keep pushing this forward and making noise. And so it's 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 the big when. It's and I I, I lose so many hours of sleep every night just worrying about it, just laying there thinking when do I launch? When do I launch? And it's yeah, what else do I do this? Ed is launching on the 14th of June. Oh. <laughs> That's when he's pressing the button, regardless of what's happening. Ed is pressing the button at 10am uh, on the yeah, I could. 14th of June. I genuinely That's could. That's when he's doing it. He's going to press that button. That's when he's launching. You've heard it here first. He's just sent me a Skype message. 
He's now sending me lots of emojis which don't look very happy. However, it's the 14th of June is the launch. Date if I had to pick a date, 15th of June would be way better. It's a Friday. You know, people are you know at their office desks and they're going trolling for the internet because they want yeah. to go home and they, they want to Thursday. do it on the 15th. But no, no, first day it is. You know, first day is the new Thursday, Friday. Thursday 14th, that's what it is. Yep, you know what I mean? I could. I, I could genuinely launch it then if that's 60, what people wanted. 60, just do it. <laughs> just do it and see what happens. That's well, the first step. What's the worst that happened? My campaign fails. Okay, round two. You can two. go back again. You can go back again. You know. All right, all right. It's well, all good fun. 14th of June. I'm just throwing throwing <laughs> a whole pile of risk in your direction. I could just walk away. I'm genuinely going to write a book about how not to kickstart it, and chapter one will be, don't listen to Richard. <laughs> don't do 14th well, of June. It's a cursed find day. quite a few people that have already put that in their books. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So here, here first, 14th of June, no pressure on Ed at all. He's not going to be like blocking me and not refusing me to send his audios so he can't put this interview together. So it's just going to be by sight. So if you hear a lot of gaps, that's not Ed talking. Ed just went in a massive, he just went in a massive clotted cream puff, basically. <laughs> yeah, you got me. All right. Let's just, just roll with um, that. There you go. Um, if we want to follow you on the internet webs, Web nets, nets, webs, webs, nets, webs. Where can we find you? <laughs> um, as I say, these days I go by the whole adventure games thing. I mean, the Walrus Games website's still live. I've kept it. Um, mainly because, unlike adventure games, it kind of gets the first page of Google when you type in Everdark, which is frustrating. Um, but yeah, www.adventuregames.co.uk. That's adventure with an ed at the front, because I'm punny and really need to guess that's humour um, or you can find me on Twitter at adventure underscore games or on Facebook adventure underscore games or on Instagram adventure underscore games you know I've kind of got that one sorted out uh, yeah so any of those places the website's looking really good I, I was spent a whole day redesigning the entire thing so it looks pretty pretty cool now it's got a nice teaser trailer on the front page uh, I've even got a YouTube channel uh, no, it's got one trailer on it. <laughs> really? Well, I was using it as a way to send links out to people rather than having to upload it. Uh, so that's adventure games. <laughs> <For comparison. laughs> but yeah, it's, I've got. I've even got a subscriber. Yeah, cardboard cultist. He's a board game reviewer. Very nice of him. Well, there you go. That's nice of him. That's <laughs> nice of him. Um, but yeah. and you can find us by we're in the all the usual the usual haunts and usual places so you can find us on twitter at we're not wizards you can find us on facebook at we're not wizards you can find us on instagram at we're not wizards we've got a blog i don't know why we've got a blog we've got a review on the blog <laughs> for darwin's choice was well, a preview it's not a review you know it's worthwhile reading because it's a bit of writing and i did it all myself and nobody helped me do the joined up writing bits which are always Aww. difficult for me um but that's we're not wizards.blogspot.com. Have a look because there's going to be some more stuff coming along. I have no idea why I've decided I've going to got to write and expose you poor people to more of my nonsense. <laughs> I have no idea why. Um, you can find us on all the podcast catcher places. We really appreciate everybody who listens. I mean, we totally appreciate you. If you ever want to talk to us, chat with us, um, just drop us a DM on Twitter or drop us an email, magic at we'renotwizards.com. I am aware of the irony of the email address. That's why I chose it. If you like us very, very much, please jump on to um, jump onto things like Podbean, which are our hosts who are fantastic, and they put um, all of our 
episodes automatically on YouTube. But find us on Podknife and Stitcher and Spotify and Spreaker and Acast and Player FM and all these wonderful, fantastic places. If you like us really, really much, then please jump on to Apple Podcasts and drop us a subscription because apparently... That makes everybody ha- well. It makes me happy. I'm not saying it makes everybody happy, you know. But if you don't start dropping subscriptions, I'm going to start dropping Infinity War spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Satan, calm down. I'm just saying, <laughs> that's not true. I would never do that. Oh man. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to send you a list of no. I'm not. Um, if you like us even more, then please consider giving us a review or a rating. And as we say, as always, if you are going to be giving us a rating or review, please avoid giving us 10 stars because that does make us big-headed and as you can understand, I'm kind of self-serving um, quite egotistical and shallow at the same time. Whoa, 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 so... whoa, whoa. This episode will let you off. 10 stars. But all <laughs> of us, don't, 9. Don't give us, don't give us a 0 because that will make us cry. I will definitely cry. Um, give us something in the middle because it's like 5 because it's average. Um, and we're decidedly average. Ed... Ed, iTunes rating only goes up to five. I don't use iTunes. <laughs> I live under a rock. A Cornish rock. <laughs> I live under a rock. Um, Yeah, but the person who's not been average tonight is rather wonderful. They're rather fantastic. Aww. Um, The man who we should all be hearing more from very, very soon when he launches his Kickstarter on the 14th of June. I I did not make that. I did not mean that to rhyme. (laughs) Je suis le poet, and I didn't. Um, It's a rather wonderful, a rather fantastic Mr. Ed Harrison. Thank you. Honestly, pleasure being here. And yeah, I'm (laughs) glad to be back after a year. I'm sorry for hiding, everyone. Um, That's okay. I'm back. It's good to be back. Guess who's back? Eddie's back. Turn a friend. 14th of June. 14th of June. 14th of June. Oh no. Ever, ever, ever. Dark, dark, dark. Ever, ever, ever. Oh lordy. And you just lost a few subscribers. That's fine. It happens all the time. We win them back eventually. They always come back to see why has he done 176 episodes? What is he doing? Who's he talking to? <laughs> she's talking to it myself because I get to listen back to my beautiful voice. Um, <laughs> there's only two more things to do. Ooh, it's time I, shambolic. I always the first I, I, thing. I fail this bit. The first thing is to remember that it's jam and then clotted cream. <laughs> yeah, before you get chased by the the Cornish. You get chased out of the Cornish. Oh, I'm it's so right. they can't, die. They can't run that fast, but apparently they can swim like demons. Um, and the second thing. is to say goodbye so it's a goodbye from Mr Ed Harrison say goodbye Mr Ed Harrison from Adventure Games not the Walrus Games Rune Mentro but you know that's it goodbye Ed Harrison from Adventure Games not Walrus Games and it's a goodbye from me remember stay safe roll sixes Um, just wait (laughs) prepare yourself (laughs) this is working is it Prepare yourself for the for the multi award winning. <laughs> you jinxed it now. Game. I'm going to get one award. It's going to be coming a week before summer solstice. It is the wonderful, the fantastic, ever dark. Say goodbye, Ed. Bye, Ed. And it's a goodbye for me. Bye. Adios.
Wait, are we wizards? No. We're not wizards. Some, no, sometimes.